They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, the Chippa, a.k.a. Chris Chipman, or vice versa, Batman to my own Robin. Um, I uh, am coming here from the basement of my house, which is my favorite place to record right now. Um, before I get into who my special guest is here tonight, I would like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. And I'd like to thank my newest patron, Sean Zoltek. And this episode, as a lot of my shows are, is brought to you by the Pumpkin Copter cast. My good friend, Tyler Gorman, who's actually the first person to ever approach me in public and ask for my autograph, um, runs an awesome, very strange, very much in his wheelhouse of humor podcast about video games over on YouTube. Um, and it's a blast. I've been on, I think, four or five times. And he also does Gotta Recap Them All with his friend Tom Spielman, where they're going through the entirety of the Pokemon animated canon and recapping every single bit of it. It's exhaustive and they're awesome. And you should check it out. And with that, I am very, very honored to have a very special guest, a long time back and forth talker on Twitter and first time on my show. Um, good sir, introduce yourself to the Interverse. Um, hi, everybody. My name is James Miola, and uh, I am the guest. He is the guest. The. Like, die, Bart, die. <laughs> um, the guest for tonight. The guest for tonight. But, you know, the only guest right now. The, <laughs> the, the onlyest and specialist guest. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. Uh, dude, it, it, it's an honor. Thank you so much. And tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, where you're from. What do you do? Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I am from Long Island, uh, where I currently live. You say Rhode uh, Island or Long Island? Long Island. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> just, just across the, just across the sound from New England. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've lived here all my life, basically. Uh, and yeah, I currently, I work for an online bank and I do software testing for them. Uh, yeah, that's about it. How'd you fall into that? Was that, um, is that your background or is it something you learned? Yeah. So my first job out of college was a bank teller, uh, not, not terribly exciting, but, uh, you know, I was there for a few years and then I applied to a job in the back office of, um, of an online bank that had a, that had a office on Long Island. And I spent a few years doing like paperwork, uh, for opening uh, new accounts. And, um, one of the, one of the side tasks on that job was to test the, uh, various systems. And, um, it's a job that most people hated. So if you did it, management noticed you. And, oh, I uh, know those kinds of jobs. <laughs> so I, uh, I basically signed up for any chance I could get to, uh, work on, uh, work on deploys for new systems and, you know, software updates and, um, eventually they, they made a, they made full-time, they made a full-time position out of, out of, um, the software testing. And I, you know, threw my name into the ring and more or less, you know, kind of got it by default. Cause I had already been doing it for, oh boy, about four years at that point. So, um, they had just made it official and, uh, that's, uh, that's how I got there. Awesome. That's yeah. really cool. So, so Long Island, what's it? Um, whereabouts on Long Island are you? I've, I mean, it, it's not a small place. I've, I've been to a couple areas in Long Island. I, 
I can't remember if it was Long Island or Connecticut because I know that you know they share Long Island sound and all that that yes. other fun stuff. But um, I think it was Long Island. M- my cousin for the longest time was the personal assistant of Lisa Lampanelli. The, oh. the, the insult comedian who's now changed into like a self-help guru. And she is the sweetest human being, that lady. Um, I, I met her at my cousin's wedding and was invited to a 4th of July party at her house. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Which was on Long Island Sound. And it was a hoot. She, she, you know, has total anxiety about making fun of people, you know, all this, it's very different. And like, there were people that, you know, I won't go name dropping, but there were people like, that's like, oh, wow, I recognize that guy and that like just running her circle. But it's like, yeah, this is just my family 4th of July party. And these people kind of hang out at my house. There was no, like, it was just fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this was super cool. My, <laughs> and, uh. You know, so I, that area, I don't, I, I believe it was Long Island Sound. It was really nice. You know, it was, it was right on the water, of, of course. It, but um, I don't know, whereabouts are you? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of like in the, in the center of the island right now. Kind of like, I'm, a, I'm actually, yeah, kind of like this, I guess, the center of the island. Uh, you know, I, I, went to, I went to high school at a town uh, on the North Shore of the island, right, you know, right on the Sound. Um. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I love living here. It's like you know, it's pretty expensive to live here, but I do enjoy it a lot. I mean, I I love being so close to New York City oh, and yeah. beaches and, and all that stuff. But uh, you do pay for it. It uh, it's not a cheap place to live. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm I'm right on the North Shore of Boston. Oh boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we me me and you have the either equal or second or tied with San Francisco of like the highest cost of living in the world uh, <laughs> or yeah, something it's, crazy. Uh, like it's crazy. And yeah, we, um, my, uh, my fiance and I were in a, we're in a pretty nice apartment, uh, in the center nice. of the Island, uh, where we have like the top floor of, uh, someone's house. We've been renting it for almost a year now. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, we're close to a train station, and if we want to get to the city, we're, you know, it's about an hour away. How 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 long do you have to spend to get into Boston if you want to visit Boston? So Boston is – it, it, public transportation around here is weird. You know, mm-hmm. New, New York spoiled me after going there because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, if Boston could only do this. Like, Boston shuts off trains and buses at, like, 1130 at night. Yes. You know, like, yes. B- Boston is weird. But um, I can <laughs> see Boston – from where I live really um, on, on a good day. Um, yeah. you, cause the, the roads that lead into Boston go through my city. So I am two towns North of Boston. So it goes Boston, Everett Revere, and then me. Um, okay. and, uh, so I think it's either 13 or 15 miles away oh, is wow. where Boston really is. But it, you know, to get there on train takes like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because our, our our system is just even though it's only like five stops, mm-hmm. um, to get there by car on a day without traffic is super fast. It takes like ten or fifteen minutes. It's easy, oh, but gotcha. it, but you'll never have no traffic. <laughs> so it's just but um no Boston's very close and it's very easy to get there. You know mm-hmm. um we 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 spend a lot of time in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. it it's just. It's really cool. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been, but the the main difference between Boston and New York is New York was designed a little later 
So, um, you know, even though there's older buildings in New York, the, the, you know, Boston was a landfill and a lot of the roads that lead into it and the city are very, um, not grid patterned. It's old, like horse and carriage roads. Yeah. I, I went, uh, the first time, not my first time, um, I went to Boston once, uh, well, the first time I went was on a school trip. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I went, I went, my eighth grade, my eighth grade, uh, school trip was to Boston. I spent, spent like three days there. I had a blast. Um, and then, uh, oh boy, when we started the college hunt, uh, first place, my, uh, my, uh, mom and, uh, my mom took me was, uh, Boston, the Boston area. Yes. Um, cause you know, Boston, Massachusetts colleges everywhere. So many colleges, colleges uh, everywhere and they're all fantastic. And they're oh God. When I was, how, when, and again, if, if you don't want to say, or, or, I'm assuming we're rough, we're around the same age. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we, we, we're, we're on the same age. I was born, uh, 87. Yeah. Okay. So you're three years younger. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, so I don't want to be like, you know, Oh, college is expensive now. And you know, <laughs> have someone on here who's like, yeah, I'm 19 dude, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, <laughs> no. so when I, when I was looking at colleges, I got into Northeastern, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, very prestigious college for engineering in, in yes. Boston, you know, yes. there was no way I was ever getting into MIT. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm thankful for that at this point, but MIT is mm-hmm. awesome too, but mm-hmm. there was, uh, but, uh, Northeastern for a year, was thirty eight thousand dollars? Oof, yeah. And I had no financial aid in mm. nine in two thousand and one. Wow! Right wow. now, I think it's that a semester or <laughs> or like forty five a semester. Mm-hmm. It's some, mm-hmm. and that's also with living there. Mm-hmm. But it's still, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I went, I went to a, a University of Massachusetts. I went to Lowell, and um that was like the cheapest way out, you know, when, and, and now they're, you know, even though they're still one of the cheapest in the state, they're like 20 or $25,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. You went to a, you went to a public school and a public university. I went to UMass Lowell. So. Okay. I, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with, uh, with that one. Um, I, yeah. I went, I went to, um, I went to, uh, uh, public school and a public university in New York. I went to cool. uh, Bingham, Binghamton University, yep. uh, upstate New York. Nice. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually, <laughs> I was gonna do engineering, but uh, it was uh, a bit much for me. And um, oh, I, I get uh, you. I changed to uh, I changed to the liberal arts college and at Binghamton after my first year because I just could not deal with the workload of uh, engineering. I had like a miserable uh, first year. Oh, believe me, I understand. I, uh, I, I had, it was hard. It's in the entire first year is designed to make you want to quit. And I hate yeah. anything that's like that. <laughs> I, got I, that, stuck just, in that. I got stuck in that filter. It's disgusting. I, I, <laughs> I think it's terrible that that's the way universities are. But, um, I mean, what I, what I would say to anybody is just getting through college. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is a great thing. I yeah. know that people look at it very cynically now because there's so many people and not enough jobs and all that other stuff but mm-hmm. it's still it it we're 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 not a we're not people that can just go out into the world and work at 16 mm-hmm. you know well some people can but you know what mm-hmm. i mean that used to be like the the, the rule and yeah. it's like we all live so much longer now and society expects us to grow up at a different rate and so college was so damn important for learning independence 
you know? Definitely, and, yeah. And, and, um, even, and even if you get nothing and do nothing with the degree, it's like everybody should, if, if they can. I mean, there's some people that just, with, with mental health reasons and other things, just cannot function at that age on their own. And that's a completely different issue. But yeah. if you can, it like I... I, I, you know, that, that blockbuster job, you know, taught me really, and I was doing that well in college, taught me really good people management skills that mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I was learning. And yep. then I ended up being a resident advisor and a TA for engineers. So mm-hmm. I got to see all those freshman level engineers and be like, Hey, stick it out. Like mm-hmm. if you just tell me today, no, it's not for you. That that's fine. But if you're just, if you think it's for you and the schoolwork is just too much. Stick it out. This is designed to scare you away. Like stick it out. And the, the the professors of the higher level classes said, "We have like ninety students, and we had thirty five <laughs> when you came through. What did you do?" And I was like, mm. "I just told them to try." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 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 that 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 first year. Um, I did okay in the engineering school classes. Mm-hmm. Like there was um um like my. Let me think my freshman year, uh, freshman year, fall semester, I had chemistry and calculus, which is what killed me. Uh-huh. Um, I got a D had... in chemistry. <laughs> oh, no, I, I got a, I got a, I got a freshman year. I got a C plus in, in, uh, in chemistry and a D in physics the next, the next semester. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I don't know. And I got like a, a see in uh, in the second year at calc as well like i uh coming out of high school i, I did uh i did uh ap calc and uh yep. i barely passed i mean honestly barely passed that i mean i it was it was a lot of work and i had a, a lot of help from uh from a close friend of mine uh who just sailed through it uh <laughs> and um but when i got to college it's like it just I didn't have uh i didn't have like <laughs> couldn't bring my friend with me to college so oh, i know uh, i know exactly what you mean dude so i, kinda, so I was kind of on my own there and i just it just kicked my i went to catholic ass. school uh-huh and I, I i went to catholic school and they fired the geometry teacher oh um and made us take algebra one two years in a row so i oh. took i took algebra in ninth and tenth or it was going i took algebra in eighth and ninth grade mm-hmm. and was supposed to be into geometry in ninth grade and I said to my parents, I go, look, I'm pretty sure I want to go into a science. I think I need to be taking more math classes. And mm-hmm. it got to the point where I was like, you're paying. And, and again, they weren't, my, my parents weren't religious. The, mm-hmm. the whole thing was we live in a pretty urban, pretty rough city. Mm-hmm. And where the high schools all were was in the worst part of the city. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things of, hey, we're going to pay for you to go here to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look at, I can keep myself safe. All of the kids that go to the public high school, I know the mm-hmm. kids that are in the gangs that you're worried about are my friends. They're not mm-hmm. going to hurt me. Like, mm-hmm. And so I got out <laughs> and had to, had to double up just to catch up on math. So oh, I didn't even touch calc mm-hmm. until college. Really? And I, I, I did outside of high school. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I was in pre-calc senior year while everyone else mm-hmm. was in calc. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to take the placement exam to get in, in, into school. And they basically said I was deficient in math. And like I n- – not that you know I'm some calc wizard, but I love math. So mm-hmm. for me to like take that placement exam and so I, I learned calc over the summer and went back and took it just so I could <laughs> get into the damn engineering college. And I struggled with calc. 
still, ah. and, and I blame that goddamn Catholic school for getting me behind. Because physics, once calc makes sense, mm-hmm. physics is so much easier once mm-hmm. calc makes sense. Before, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just memorization, and memorization doesn't work to understand. You know, it's like, well, you I memorized these twenty equations. It's like let. That that ain't gonna help you, dude. You need to know yeah. why they work. Yeah, and, and like and I, I, I I can memorize things, you know, put my put my mind to it. I can memorize, you know, just the dumbest lists of things, uh, as some of my friends may may tell you. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but like it just you know just it just I, I the, the the freaking physics test. I I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with that. Like and I did pretty pretty well in high school physics, but. High school physics and college physics, like they share a title and nothing else. No, exactly. Because <laughs> college physics is physics with calc and they and they, yeah. and they just beat you with And it. like, you know, and I, I was pretty confident in like my basic calculus skills coming out. I, I took calculus in, in like eleventh grade, uh, with another of my close friends, and then in twelfth grade I took the AP calc with you know the other friend I mentioned before, and uh, you know, did fine in eleventh grade. Again, more than final eleventh grade, but then like once I hit the uh, the AP calc is when like the difficulty just ratcheted upward, and then once I hit oh, college, God, yeah. it was, and then once I hit college, it was just like oof, goodbye. <laughs> we actually did a thing where um, because universities, especially mine, mm-hmm. um, because they couldn't afford to have a whole bunch of different calc classes, everyone in those first formative years took the same scaled calc courses. Mm-hmm. So here, so here you had. A whole bunch of engineers that needed to take calc that are using calc in every other class they're taking and then you have the sound recording technology majors who are basically taking music performance degrees that also have some physics and calc they need to learn just to get through the signal processing side of it mm-hmm. but they were all failing out of calculus and it's like these people are brilliant musicians and i've mm-hmm. heard that like and so we actually went and fought to get them their own class Mm-hmm. for sound recording because I'm like my friend Mike who touches calc you know one out of 10 courses you know should not be gauged against me who needs to know how to do calc for everything I'm doing yeah it's it's not fair seems, that seems <laughs> you know <better. laughs> and I mean and, and those of us that were supposed to be good at calc we're getting like b minuses and c pluses right so it's like and so Mike getting a d plus is like <clears throat> That's him getting like an A, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, he's trying his ass off, and mm-hmm. I mean he, he's yeah that 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 was just such a rough time. Mm-hmm. But you know, college is boring. Um, what what else are you into? I mean, we, we we talk a lot, but like, what's your like like you know? Think of it being kind of like an episode of the tangent with my brother. What's like the uh. geek topic of the day that like would be f- fun to move? Oh into? boy. I have a oh few. boy. Actually, I, I did want to make one segue. Um, yes, uh, my uh, my elective, my freshman year of college, was actually Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, go was, for it. It was uh, it was an English elective. It was detective fiction and film. Oh shit! Uh, and uh, so you know, we did um, we studied film noir and the books they were based on. So uh, some Dashiell Hammett and uh, and then we did like you know at one point in the course we segued over to. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And yes. Of course. Uh, yeah, so we we read that, and then we watched uh, Blade Runner. But I we did not watch the correct version of Blade Runner. Oh no! No, we did not watch the director's cut, uh, unfortunately. And I kind of left feeling that that, that, was, that was Blade Runner. 
it's like you know it had some good parts in it, but something uh, I don't know just didn't catch me. And then uh, eventually I read that you're supposed to watch the director's cut of Blade Runner, <laughs> which uh, is a very different I, movie. Yes, it is. Uh, it's much better. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and yeah, we uh, so that was yeah that class kind of kept me sane for uh, you know for my uh, the first half of my college experience. Um, we, that's, I actually that's, take, that's a cool thing about college, right? Is you always get, you find a class like that. Yeah. And like my, I had a, I had a pretty, pretty great high school too. And the uh, senior year, instead of English, I took film, I took a film class as well. So I was coming off, uh, you know, a couple of years of, uh, film studies, which was always very interesting, uh, especially in high school. I don't think, uh, I like when I, when I went to high school, uh, my, the first classroom I sat in in high school was uh, was in my English class, and the English teacher I had in high school taught the film class. So I Ooh. walk into this, I walk into this English teacher's classroom, and there's just like movie posters on every wall of the classroom, and I'm like, "What is this? This isn't a this is an English classroom. This is these are movies." <laughs> and you know, we the posters of uh, posters of uh, I don't know, it was Godfather and Annie Hall and. Uh, Run Lola Run, and uh, just uh, just a, uh, and then like across the top of the classroom, there was all these pictures of like directors, like there's Steven Spielberg, and there's George Lucas, and there's Brian De Palma, and oh, like, I love it, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then like the teacher introduced herself, she's like, hi, my name is Mrs. Leonard, and I'm teaching English, is English, but if you see all this all the stuff around you, well. When you were senior, you can take my film criticism class, and I'm like, they have a film criticism class here. And I'm like, well, yeah. Three years later, I signed up for the film class and got to, got to watch movies from English class uh, senior year. That's awesome. I, I had a teacher in high school that similarly he was a history teacher, mm-hmm. and we got to I think it was either sophomore or junior year history where he got you got to be a little bit more free form with it. Like there wasn't, you know, and, and he got. He got a lot of criticism from parents with his approach, but he, I've never learned more about history from mm-hmm. a teacher than I learned from this guy because his approach was, he said, I'm going to give students something that they immediately recognize. So he, he would start his theme for the week of like what he was talking about mm-hmm. with a movie clip or a song clip or something that we would immediately recognize. So I remember the first day of his class, he put on a scene from the matrix Mm -hmm. and he's talking about it. And he, you know, he says, he goes, all right. He goes, can we talk about some of the themes that were going on in there? And it's like, all right, you know, um, what's real and what isn't misdirection, you know, the, the fake world and the real world, the red and blue pill, you know, he went into all this stuff. He goes, all right. He goes, so what I want to use that uh, to talk about today is political spin. And then Mm -hmm. he used that to go into, you know, like election spin and all that. And like, that was the first day of class. And I'm like, who is this guy? And, <laughs> and then he like, we, we had to talk about the LA riots. So he played that sublime song, you know, to mm-hmm. start up the class and everything. And I'm like, this guy is great. And so he tried to inject you into something that you could use to parallel with something mm-hmm. that you knew to get you ingrained in what he wanted to talk about. And he ended up becoming the head of the department for the city and got to run a film class for seniors that wanted to take that instead of a history elective or something. And oh, wow. I never, I never got to take it, but I heard it was just the best class. Like he was, you know, he was going deep and showing like, you know, old like German expressionist films and Klaus Kinski and oh, like all, all this. 
yeah. I was gonna bring that up next. I was gonna bring that up next. All right, go actually. for it. Yeah, because yeah, because then my, my my senior year, I took an I took an elective. I uh, I took a German film class. My uh, my my senior year. Um, I did a. I graduated in four and a half years instead of four years because I did I ended up switching out of engineering to a double major, and I had to fill up one more class. So I took oh, a German took, took a German film class on Lenny Riefenstahl, who is Ooh. always interesting. And, you know, sometimes, uh, I guess sometimes in life, things collide in certain ways. So when I was taking that class, um, Inglourious Bastards had just come out. And, you know, that movie drops a lot. You know how Tarantino makes movies about how awesome movies are? Yes, he does. and, And that particular movie takes place in Germany. And, like, there is, there is, like... There is so much about German film in that movie, and I was like, "Oh, I'm learning." When I sat down to watch it, I was like, "Oh, I learned about this stuff like two weeks ago in class." How awesome is that? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you needed, know, I just... needed to get the name of the movie again because I'm like, I know the name of this, and it's the, the Triumph des Villains. Yes, Triumph yeah. des Villains. Yes, it's uh, we 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 watched it. We watched that. We watched the the Olympian. The Olympics movie she made, they're they're yep. all free on YouTube. No one's getting no one's getting royalties for those. They're they're all free on, on YouTube. Uh and you know, we uh and then like we also watched we you know we didn't just do that stuff because we also had to like we had to do like we had to do the state of German cinema before Riefenstahl, during Riefenstahl, and then you know, it kind of ended with the end of Riefenstahl's career for the Nazi wow. party. And that yeah, sounds so like a- fascinating class yes and i mean it really does run the gamut from like you know uh from like interesting to you know like what what can we curse on this podcast oh absolutely that's that's yeah. why i asked you at the beginning yeah. you can say yeah. whatever the fuck you want yeah so the, the, the class ran the gamut from like oh this is interesting to what the fuck did i just watch and you know some of these uh, some of these movies we watched. Uh, we watched these like it, I guess the Germans were really into their mountains in the at the turn of the twentieth century because they just made all these <laughs> movies on top of mountains involving like love triangles and uh, just all sorts of you know you got you got to watch it for yourself and you know Lydia Riefenstahl starred in a few of them and they're all they're all their own manner of interesting. But uh, you know, we also watched some stuff like uh, like Nosferatu, which is, mm. you know, I think it, I think it's pretty fantastic. Uh, Nosferatu, you know, oh, it's, it's obviously so good. It's obviously very old, but it's still pretty creepy. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, just good stuff. Have you ever seen Night mm-hmm. of the Hunter? I have not. Do you do you know what it is? I have not heard of it. So have you, this is an interesting one have, and, and only because it's, it's influencing. You just made me think of this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of, um, and I'm going to forget the name of the movie. So I'm going to look it up right now. Um, while we're talking, cause you'd think I'd have this in my Cape fear. There we go. Have you ever heard of Cape fear? I feel like I've heard the name Cape fear. I'm just not sure what it is. So, so Cape fear, um, exists in two iterations. So Cape fear was an old black and white movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, and again, wow, I'm, I'm bad with things today. So the original one was starring, um, and I'm going to get this while I'm talking because I didn't prep for this Star mm-hmm. starring great actor, Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. And it's mm-hmm. it, Cape fear is it's a, a guy thinks this other guy is crazy 
that he kind of meets while he's, you know, away on vacation with his family and no one else really believes it because the guy's really charming, but he's ac- absolutely fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Robert Meacham, like, was known for playing roles like this, even though he was also known for, you know, kind of being like a, like leading man kind of thing too. So mm-hmm. it was interesting, but a really cool thing is there's a film called Night of the Hunter, which I think was from the same director as the original Cape Fear, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But Night of the Hunter is even more interesting because it has Robert Mitchum as a priest mm-hmm. who moves into this town. And when he gets to the town, people start dying. And huh. he's like the comfort for the town, even though it's revealed very quickly that, no, he's a psychopath. And he gets away with it because he's a priest. And it has all these wonderful um, influences from German expressionism. Like he'll walk into a room and all of a sudden the lighting will change. So there's like a big steeple of like light over him. And like it has a very Nosferatu kind of influences. And what was really cool is in Night of the Hunter and in Cape Fear, he plays very similar characters. But then they made a remake of Cape Fear that Martin Scorsese did in the 90s with okay, that's probably the one with, I'm thinking. That's probably with the one Robert I'm De Niro. With. And Robert De Niro classically had love and hate tattooed on his fists mm-hmm. in the remake of Cape Fear. But that was what Robert Mitchum had on his fists in Night of the Hunter. Huh. So it was like a fun little nod. And they actually did that in the Sideshow Bob Chasing Bart episode. <laughs> Of the Simpsons uh, with the love, but since they only had three fingers, it was L U V and hate with the A having the umlauts <laughs> over it. And I always, I always enjoyed that. And um, it, it even went even further with uh, they they take off Sideshow Bob's shirt and he's got tattoos that say "Die Bart Die" over it. And he's uh, like, no, 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 that's German for the Bart. Oh. The. <laughs> Oh, that's a good. That's a good bit. <laughs> I just, I love that. I love that shit so much. But anyway, yes. So you had a, you had quite a fun background. So, um, so you, you, you like movies? I, I take it. If, if, if we're falling into the same circle of people, and, um, was, uh, was that solidified by these classes, or were you like already just like a full on, just like loved, loved movies and stuff, and were super geeky about them before? I would say I was, I mean, I love, you know, I, I, I do love movies and, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, dad showed me all the important movies, Star Wars, Batman, Superman. I mean, I was a kid in the nineties, so like he made sure I, I got my dose of the geek stuff. Um, we, he recorded a ton of stuff off the TV there where I remember just under the, under the TV, just drawers of VHS tapes with, uh, recorded stuff on it. And, uh, you know, just this one had star Wars. This one had Batman and Superman on it. And uh, <laughs> I remember watching Superman for the first time. And I got really upset when, when the planet blew up. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like by the time I calmed down from the planet blowing up, uh, 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 Jonathan Kent had a heart attack. <laughs> so I got upset again. <laughs> yeah. That movie is traumatizing. And, and it took me a while before I sat down and watched the whole movie. Uh, um, you know, the whole way through. But, um, yeah, you know, just thought that was a good story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then like my, my grandfather, uh, also, you know, really big into movies and he would, you know, he, he showed, uh, he was into like, you know, stuff from his era. So he had a lot of, a lot of old stuff on DVD and after DVDs came out, 
but he showed us a lot of uh, a lot of Three Stooges, a lot of Abbott Costello, and oh yeah. And then after I um after I took my class in high school and I uh, learned about film noir, which was you know all movies from the 30s and 40s, I was like, oh pop pop, I learned about this thing in school called film noir, and he's like, James, you're gonna love film noir, and he like brought me upstairs and he you know pulled out the Maltese Falcon and yes. <laughs> pulled out the Maltese Falcon and Laura and uh, you know just a bunch of others and and I remember like one of my first weekends up at school I was uh, you know shopping uh, for you know snacks and stuff at Walmart and I found the found the uh, the bargain bin the DVD bargain bin and uh, you know I start ruffling through it and I pull up um, I want to pull up uh, Double Indemnity and I pull yes. out uh, I pull out uh, DOA. And yeah. oh man, like one or two others, but uh, you know, they're you know, some of those movies the, the copyright lapsed or something, they ended up, you know, they ended up for a dollar in the Walmart bargain bin. You know, hooray. You can't beat it, man. Those are <laughs> those are great movies. <laughs> yeah, and then uh and then uh, oh man, then like maybe like two or three years into my college tenure, uh Netflix came out with their you know, I mean I I got a Netflix membership for Christmas and like you know, uh, they had a ton of stuff in their catalog too. Uh, especially when they started streaming online, they had a lot of like that, a lot of that um, public domain stuff. Yeah, they, as I said, I go. People were like, "What? Netflix is streaming? Why don't they have any of the new movies?" I go, "No, no, no! They have the entire blockbuster favorite section. This is great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and I just filled my queue up with a bunch of with a bunch of stuff, and you know, and, and again, a lot of those old classics like DOA and Double Indemnity and. You know, all that good stuff. Have um, you know, this is probably an obvious one, but have you seen Brick? No, I have not. I'm, I'm cool. Uh, this, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not used to people. You know that this is good. Uh, it, just to, it seemed like the obvious place to go talking about film noir, but um, mm-hmm. so so Brick was was Ryan Johnson's breakout movie. Um, oh a, wait, because I was gonna say yeah. wait, it was like Brick. Why did I just hear that? And yeah, Brick. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Johnson. So I, have you have you heard of Brick? I've heard of it. I just have so, not seen it. So t- think about how genius of a concept this is, Brick. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, is one of those things when you hit the ground running is like your breakout movie with something like this. It sounds super pretentious, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and and it could have been and it's not. So he's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. a few other like just breakout, you know, stars that were like on, on their way up at the time in this thing. But what he did was he took a noir mm-hmm. and had the characters speak like it was a noir, but set it in an early 2000s um like midwestern american high school <laughs> so so like so like the drug lord kid with like the cane and you know like the top hat and everything is just yeah. the local kid that like sells pot at the school you oh, know geez. and all this stuff but there ends up being this like murder mystery plot with like all of this stuff and just the way they speak it's 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 brilliant Mm-hmm. Like, like he just did like the Maltese Falcon in a high school, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's really cool. And, and it's, it's just such an interesting idea um, to, and, and I, I tried to say to someone the other day, you know, they, they were bothered because they're like, well, no, you got to get the people to watch the classics first. Cause someone was looking for like an introduction. Like I want to get someone into film noir. What do I do? Mm-hmm. 
And I said, yeah, no, of course, you got to get them to watch Maltese Falcon and Dubnal Indemnity and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. if you get some, like, I've always found with people that if you're trying to get them into film, the minute you say it's black and white or it's subtitled or it's in, you know, um, letterbox aspect ratio, you know, just name the things that like set people off or it's animated, yeah. you yeah. know. So finding something that was made in a, okay, it's written and it's acted and it is noir, but mm. it's still using characters and visuals that they're used to. It's a cool gateway drug was mm. kind of what I said. It's like, oh, you like this? Well, hey, do you mind watching something in black and white? Because we should really check out the Maltese Falcon next. You that know? Sound, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's going to sound just like this movie, but <laughs> you know, and, and uh, so I've, I've just always found that kind of stuff fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to check that out. Do you know if it's uh, streaming anywhere? I would imagine it has to be. Um, mm-hmm. Although you never know. So many people got mad at Ryan Johnson that who, who knows where his movies are now. Oh man. I really enjoy, I mean, I, <laughs> I enjoy the last Jedi very much. Yes, uh, the, 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 this podcast is very fond of the last guy. Um, <laughs> it is um... on it is on everything, but not for free. It's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Prime, and all okay. for the same. Price. Okay, my uh, my fiance and I we just watched um, we just watched Knives Out, and I loved Knives Out. I yeah, it was dude, one of the most fun movies I'd seen in a while. Knives Out is just. It, it it again it it the, the the dude the dude knows genre right he's he's a genre filmmaker he he knows it <laughs> and I give one I can't believe how broad of an appeal Knives Out has because yeah. one and so many people I know that love it are the villains in the movie that's the thing that really <laughs> blows my mind is it's like you normally get the you know the entire point of the film is ripping on a particular group of people and it's so mm-hmm. far over their head that they go this movie's yeah. great and i go did you not <laughs> did you not catch the entire like subplot of the movie <laughs> but whatever that that's fine but it, it's so genius to make a to make a murder mystery movie that tells the audience how the murder mystery went down about 30 minutes in and then yep. just stops caring mm-hmm. and then has a third act twist that you didn't see coming still. It's <laughs> so brilliant. Oh uh, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed, uh, that. I really enjoyed that movie. The cast was phenomenal in that. Mm-hmm. And they, and it, it like, cause it's still a, that's the kind of, again, th- there's a place for all kinds of humor, but mm-hmm. I'm really glad that that movie was a well-made movie with funny characters in it mm-hmm. rather than being a funny movie, right? Like, I'm glad it wasn't Anchorman. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes, if, I do know what you mean, yes. It's a movie, and again, there's a place for stuff like that. Like, I, I love a good movie that's just completely self-aware and mm-hmm. everybody's having fun, but mm-hmm. Knives Out, there was... If it had done that, then nothing would have, there wouldn't have been any danger involved. Mm-hmm. And I liked that Knives Out, like, it's like, well, I really like, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Chris Evans. But it's like, yep. he's playing a complete dick in this movie. And oh, he's yeah. dangerous. <laughs> but I still love his character so much. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, it's so well done. That house is yeah. around, that house is around here. It's in Framingham. Um, is it? Yeah, where they filmed oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna say something about. 
about the oh yeah my my uh my brother and i we we argue about star wars all the time he is a huge star wars fan and i am just a star wars fan yep uh, <laughs> and I know exactly what you mean by that. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a movies only, uh, occasional, occasional video game, Star Wars fan, but uh, not my brother. <laughs> well, it, it's it's hard to kind of remember that Star Wars, and and this is I, I talk to people about my father. My, my father is one of the reasons why I got into movies. But my father is not someone I would consider to be a movie freak. He mm-hmm. liked movies. Mm-hmm. He didn't analyze or dissect movies. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just liked movies. So he had all of them. He he would show you Star Wars and Superman and Star Trek and all these things. But he didn't analyze anything other than, does this movie make me happy? Cool, I like it. Do you know what I mean? And so my brother, you know, as, as a job have to become a movie critic and I can be critical of movies. There's movies I don't like, but mm-hmm. I rarely would say that there was a movie that I didn't enjoy the experience of watching. Yeah. It, that's the thing. Just being like the whole, the whole like just going to the theater and just sitting down and just taking in the experience, like can turn like even a crummy movie into, you know, right. At least okay. an, a, at least a decent experience for an hour and a half. Of course, and you know, and that's that. That was you know, without 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 recording another podcast, going crazy on Star Wars again because I'll do it for <laughs> hours. I I really like all of the Star Wars movies that have been made since mm-hmm. Disney has has owned Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. They're not all great movies, but mm-hmm. I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one is the Last Jedi because mm-hmm. that's a really well made movie, mm-hmm. but. You know, it doesn't change the fact that a lot of crap in The Rise of Skywalker pisses me off, but I've Mm -hmm. watched it like five times now, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop being exciting to watch. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, a hard... And and I guess that's the... Like, I have tons of Star Wars shirts, but I... And I've read a few Star Wars novels in in my time, but... Mm -hmm. Star Wars was designed for people like my father. Star and again, not that yeah, yeah. not that if you take it deeper there's anything wrong with that. But Star Wars at the end of the day is is just a big silly space opera. Mm-hmm. It, and it, I you it, know and and, uh, and then um in in your brother's video about about the original movie it's like it's um it, it's like whatever whatever like swirling miasma of genres tropes and vietnam war angst was swirling around lucas's head he right he, he puts a film and and like you know and somehow it was like the biggest thing in the world <laughs> and again and i love things that can deep dive into stuff like for instance the mandalorian i loved the mandalorian oh yeah and i, yeah. And I like that it has some uh it has some little easter eggs and nods and like, you know, it waves a nice flag for people that are obsessed with Star Wars canon, you know, but also mm-hmm. it's just a really badass Western set in the Star Wars universe. And if that's all you want from it, it gives that to you. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's really cool. Um, and I like that Star Wars can can work on so many different levels for people that way. I just, you know, there there's Star Wars movies I don't like. But that doesn't mean that there's bad Star Wars movies, you know. Yeah, and, I um, and, and I, I would say yeah. I really dislike Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. but 
but I'm not going to shit on someone that like, you know, thinks that that has some of the coolest stuff of any of the movies in it because that's their experience, man. <laughs> you know? Yes. And I, um, and like I saw, I saw, I, obviously I was not alive for the theatrical run of, uh, of um, the first, the first. Did you get movies, to see the special editions? I, we saw the first special edition in, in theaters and like, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like enmeshed in the fandom to know that, Han shooting first was like a bad. Uh, Han right. shooting second was a bad thing. I was like, oh, that's different from the first time I saw it, and then moved on. <laughs> like, I, was I was still like, oh, so Jabba. young that that stuff was, didn't matter to me. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Jabba the Hutt's here now, and uh, it's weird, but okay. And then I was like, oh, there's a big giant animal in the screen now. Okay, that's let, different from. Let me <laughs> posit a question to you that okay. we don't ha- that we don't have to go deep on because I mm-hmm. I plan on. I plan on doing something big with this question. I just ask a lot of people when we get into Star Wars. Go ahead. I, I as an engineer, mm-hmm. I have a firm belief because a lot a lot of people have this strong belief in death of the author. I don't. I don't have as strong of a belief in that. I believe that if you've created something, you have a right to tweak it and you have a right to change it. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a big but here. Mm-hmm. You have to tell someone you've changed it. That's my caveat. If this is revision B and the last time I watched it, it was revision A, you mm-hmm. better damn well tell me that it's revision B. So mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to watch something different. This goes into, um, you know, things I don't like about censorship and how Blockbuster used to cut movies and not tell people that they cut them and, and all this other stuff. They, they did. They, they cut entire scenes and changed movies around. Uh, but but this, is, this is not what that's about. So what mm-hmm. I don't like... Mm-hmm. And this was contingent on the sale, I believe, to Disney. And Disney had to continue to carry this torch. That Star Wars A New Hope, if mm-hmm. you go and watch it on Disney Plus right now, mm-hmm. says it's Star Wars A New Hope. There's mm-hmm. nothing on that that says it's a special edition. There's nothing on that that says any scenes have been changed. And they've reversed stuff and they've changed it you know, more over the years, right? They've redacted some stuff. They've changed some stuff. They added Greedo saying McClunky, which apparently is a threat to Han. So Ugh. Han first doesn't matter anymore. You uh. know, all, all this stuff. But what's really silly to me and 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 I and I've gotten into arguments with people about this. Is to me, I don't have a problem with that as long as you tell me it's a different movie. Like I love the Lord of the Rings. I think both the theatrical versions and the extended versions are both great versions of those stories. Mm-hmm. But I better damn well not get the extended version if I click to watch the theatrical version on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, I okay, yeah, I got I got you there. I'm watching. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and to yeah. me being told that this is the only version of star Wars, a new hope that I can watch. Mm-hmm. To me, I, it's, yeah, it's I do. Where I have yeah. a problem. <laughs> I, I do wish they would just release the original, release the originals, uh, in a high definition format. I agree. Already. But I, and, uh, I, uh, and keep the other ones and just say, yeah. these are the George Lucas director's cuts. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can, we can enjoy multiple versions of the same thing. I feel it doesn't have to be, just one um but yeah I, I never really like i know that that that, that is a big can of worms the the death of the author and it, it really course. does it really does depend because like you know, lucas's cuts are like they're not great you know the more the closer you look at it and the more you know about the, the worse they look i guess in hindsight the to the 
Peter Jackson extended cuts, I think are I think they are the definitive Lord of the Rings. But then you have like dumping, and then you have then you have dumb stuff like J.K. Rowling saying like, you know, you know what she says. Like, yeah, she's adding to the books on her Twitter account. Yes, you know what you know what I'm about to say, right? About the oh yeah, crap on the floor and then vanish it. Oh yeah, no, and then and then you get things. I mean, please, author, author, stay dead. And then this. And then this conversation delves into, and you know, if, if we can just skip right past this if you want, but mm-hmm. it happens to be the hot button topic when we're recording this. It brings out things like this Snyder Cut thing. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> which, if I didn't, which if I, didn't, if I find didn't, fascinating. But... <laughs> I I find the whole thing fascinating, and and, and yes. let me tell you, and, and let me tell you why. Uh, <clears> and again, this is it's your show as much as it's mine. You can disagree <clears> with me all day long, but <clears> I. There's a place when you can agree. A, a, a lot of people, for some reason, with DC movies, it's all or nothing with people. And I've never understood this. I don't mm-hmm. know why DC is like that. I get to be angry and aggressive about everything um, fan base. But but mm-hmm. whatever. We'll mm-hmm. step away step away from that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Zach, Zach Snyder has made movies that I have outright loved. Yes. Definitely. So, Definitely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that statement in a little box over here mm-hmm. and say, okay, he has made movies that I have outright loved. But I can also admit that I think he is wrong for the superhero films of mm-hmm. Superman and Batman and this Justice League thing. I don't think he's the right kind of filmmaker to handle it. He was a perfect choice for Watchmen because he's super enthusiastic about it and he seemed to get what was going on with Watchmen. Mm-hmm. That same approach to Superman and Batman doesn't work. Now, do I also agree that maybe the debacle that was Batman versus Superman was also production company related and writing related? Yes. So I'll let that movie just sit there as going, that is the worst film he has made, in my opinion. I'm just sticking it there and going, mm-hmm. this is a piece of junk. Let's mm-hmm. just leave this to the side. But there's. A D plus amount of Man of Steel that I find really interesting. <laughs> and then there's mm-hmm. some stuff with what they do with the character that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that if Batman versus Superman instead was a sequel to Man of Steel that had Superman go, oh, that's what human emotions are and empathy are. Now mm-hmm. I understand what my alter ego is. And then Clark Kent is born. Sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they didn't give me that movie. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I... The- I- but the I haven't seen a single of these. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It just, mm. I, I'm, I'm just positing an idea. So mm. I already admit that I think this guy, even though I think he's a great filmmaker for some stuff, was a wrong choice for these. Yeah. But then, yes. But then he suffers a personal tragedy and has to drop out of making his magnum opus third movie. Yeah, that that is that now is a shame that happened. Now that sucks, and I feel so much for this guy. But I don't know where this vindictive, like, hateful and the studio ripped the movie from him and made it this whole other thing. And we're just waiting for some like er, the way the fans seem to have taken it was that the studio used that as an opportunity to push him away. Mm -hmm. Now, everything I read from people and this comes from Kevin Smith, you know, Russ Burlingame, 
I think it's Russ. It might have been Eric Vespi. Mm. I'm friends with a lot of critics and stuff now, but they mm. people have done. We've been on the set and we saw that Zach himself was trying to move away from the grim dark. So a lot of this humor that you guys think isn't going to be in the movie is still going to be there. So I just worry, like with with the Sonic the Hedgehog changes and all this stuff. It's all cool that fandom is getting involved. You know what mm. I mean, and and causing people to react, but. I mean, will it ever be as good as anybody wants it to be? Like, let's let's say he's learned a bunch and was really doing a course correction and where he was taking this, and we're going to get this awesome version of the Justice League somehow out of this. Mm-hmm. But what does it matter when DC has already left it dead? You know? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I uh, I dabbled in that kind of toxic fandom. Oh, about yeah, seven, we seven all years have- ago. About seven years ago, uh, I was uh, someone who was not happy with the way the Mass Effect trilogy ended. And oh, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a thing. That, that that was a thing that happened. That was, and, you know, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think my uh, I don't think my activity in it like rose above just a couple of angry forum posts. <laughs> but uh, you know, there are people there who got really out of line, and they and um, you know they. Bioware ended up putting out an extended cut of the ending to, you know, to placate the fandom, I guess. Um, looking back on it, I can see, like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have burned the internet down over the ending of a video game, but such is fandoms these days. And now I guess this, like, this was just that, just taken to a much further, just taken to a much harsher extent. Well, and, and it's weird, right? Because as, as someone, you know, it falls into that whole death of the author conversation, right? It's like, mm-hmm. do you, is someone's art owned by you or is it owned by them? Or are you just a user of it? And and there's a, especially with video games, right? That line mm-hmm. is so blurred because it's yeah. designed for you to use it, right? <laughs> and so it, it's a very weird thing. But what I think it really comes down to is I, if, if someone is behaving rationally, I'm never going to discredit them for being angry or upset or want yeah. more. It's just, it's just how you act afterwards. And you know what? I bet you a lot of these people that want this Snyder cut thing and have been carrying it. There's probably good intentions in a lot of them. It's just, Hey, we're a fan of this guy and we want to see him get his, his vision of his movie out there. Cool. By all means, sweet. But all of the lore and canon that it creates of, oh, it was already finished and they stole it from him and used this as an opportunity to change it. Mm-hmm. It's obviously BS. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, right, they're spending like 20 or $30 million on it to, to, to finish it, which mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's great. I think if he is, the reality to me is if he's on board for it, if he's enthusiastic about it, then let him do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's just coming in to placate fans, it's like, all right, that's just lame. Let let the guy move on. You know, and what they're I mean? never going to win. And lost his gonna... damn daughter. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know what? They're, they're, they're no matter what they do, they're not, they're not going to win because, like, no matter what they put out, is gonna it's gonna just not be good enough for for certain no, people. No, the and... bones the bones aren't good. That's the yeah. problem we're dealing with here. I, I. And and it hurts me to say it because I think the guy is capable of making great stuff, but there's no – everything from the look and feel of those movies was just wrong. And yeah. I 
I just can't see it turning out any different. It is cool to see there's been actors popping up today even that said, oh, yeah, you know, like th- this guy, Ray, Ray Porter, I believe, came out and said, oh, you know, I actually filmed the motion capture for Darkseid. Like, <laughs> I'm now allowed to say this. Like, this happened. You all knew it happened. The character was supposed to be in the movie. I'm sure it's just like a Thanos at the end of one of the Avengers movies kind of thing. But mm-hmm. still, that if I was on the other side of that, hearing that all of my conspiracy theories and everything were kind of true is kind of cool, but also how much of it is art imitating life? How much of it is that, well, these people have already written this narrative, so we might as well give it to them. Mm. That's, that's, yeah, I, I, I think they're in for like what we, like we, I say we, as in we mass effect fans were like when the, when the, uh, uh, adjusted ending came out, it was like, five more minutes of cutscenes and like a few more lines of dialogue. And it didn't really fix the, just the broken foundation that Mass Effect three was built on. And was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that whole thing was a bummer too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another <laughs> of itself. But I mean, Ugh. so what else, what, what, um, you know, th- this obviously has gone in a very interesting direction, but what, mm-hmm. what's, what's some things you're enthusiastic about or things you're looking forward to? I mean, you know, we've, we've got, you know, the entire year worth of movies is kind of off yeah. the table. Um, right? You don't really know what's happening, but like, what's, what's some thoughts on that? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, uh. I think my favorite bit of news coming out was that uh, Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie in the future. <laughs> uh, I th- on one of your last podcasts you were talking about, I think I was on, the, on your last Talkbuster, you talked about Taika. Taika Waititi. Oh, I love him so much. Me too. And I, um, uh, uh, I'll say up front, I think Thor Ragnarok is my favorite, my favorite Marvel movie. I, wow! Uh, I mean, I I love Thor Ragnarok, but that's awesome. It it took a second viewing because I love Taika, but Thor yeah. Ragnarok, I'm like, whoa! Like they just kind of let him play, didn't they? And the first time yes. through, I'm like, I wasn't expecting this. So it took <laughs> the second time for me to sit down and go, oh, this is so good. And not it's that like, I didn't like it the first time, but the first yeah. time I'm like, oh, that was really funny. <laughs> and I didn't pay attention to any of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I uh, yeah, I watched it the first time, and then I watched it. Uh, I watched it again and, and again and again, and I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop watching it. I just, it just, it was just so freaking entertaining and so freaking funny. And um, yeah, and then uh, I guess after I watched that, like I don't know, five, six times. Uh, <laughs> I um at the end of, or I guess earlier this year I saw uh, Dojo Rabbit. Oh, yes. And uh, yeah, my uh, my fiance and I we were looking trying to find it and we figured all right let's go see it on we were, we were looking for it in early February and we saw it was still playing on Long Island so we're like all right let's let's wait a week and we'll see it on on Valentine's Day. Wow, I think it was a, think it was a Friday this year. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Interesting movie for Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> no, but it works. I mean, when you when you get through, the themes are all there. It's just, yeah. yeah, stopping any moment during that movie and going, "This is a great Valentine's Day movie." Yeah. Like, are you sure? <laughs> but then when it all culminates, it's it it, it works. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we were looking we we're looking for times uh, on Long Island for you know for February fourteenth, uh, whatever the hell Valentine's yeah February fourteenth yeah February fourteenth <laughs> yes uh, and. Yeah, we saw a bunch of shows. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll pick one out for next Friday. And Friday comes, and 
it stopped playing. It like almost entirely stopped playing on Long Island. But we found it in one theater. We found it in this little independent theater, you know, not 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 too far from where we live, but it was like independent theater, uh, just a little off, little off the beaten path, and they had a showing. So we got dinner, we headed down there, got our tickets, saw it, loved it. And then, like, it came out on Blu- Blu-ray, like, three days later. <laughs> it's just... It, it, <laughs> I remember... Do you remember all the controversy with that? Where, like, someone tried to James Gunn him through Disney? Really? And, and, I, and I give Disney so much credit for not doing anything with it. Yeah, basically, yeah. there were a bunch of groups that basically, you know, you, you had it... They were attacking him from every angle. How, mm-hmm. you know... And, and again, these are ignorant. Like, like, how can a white guy play, you know, Hitler in a Jewish movie? And it's like, mm-hmm. do you do you know that where Tyka's from? Like, there's, yeah, there's, no, he's there's Jewish not. people, and he, he, you know, like he's a person of color. Like, yeah. you don't, you might not get that looking at him. But let's just, <laughs> but uh, you know, and there was just all this stuff about like people. You can't play Hitler funny, you know, and all, and and no one watched the movie. They just had this, and like Disney was shaking in their boots for like a couple days. I'm so glad that they didn't drop the the Thor Ragnarok and and all that stuff with him because you know it. You need someone. There's there's not a bad bone in that guy's body, right? There's oh, no, I know. yeah. There's no yeah. um vindictive like e- even even Jojo Rabbit. I mean, it's vindictive against people that you should be vindictive against, but it's yeah. also like I, I love um what's his name um. Sam Rockwell, who yes. basically is playing a role that I feel was like a counterpoint, like a, a, a catharsis to his role in the Three Billboards movie, because that movie is troubled. He's mm-hmm. very good in it, but it's one of those things where, like, it, it, it's a role where you kind of go, "Oh, Sam, oh no!" Like, <laughs> are you going to get typecast as this guy now? Like, don't mm-hmm. do. And then he shows up in Jojo Rabbit, and instead he plays the like. What if a Nazi youth guy grew up? Yeah, and and, uh, and was sec- such... and was secretly, yeah, and was secretly, secretly in the closet. Yeah, it was such a layered, amazing role, and I loved it. And that, like, you know, it, the way he's able to save them, like, I mean, they, they were gonna die. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like get out of yeah. here. You know, it's like yeah. holy shit. Like, <laughs> it, it, it just, it. It's just a beautiful movie, and it, it and it's so. It, it again, it walks a fine line. That that's a hard subject matter to play with, and I want the. What does he say? Does he say go fuck yourself or fuck off Hitler or yeah, something? Fuck you, Hitler. And I want that on repeat just forever. That that I I didn't get to see it in the theater, but I hope that that that, that resonated with an applause that just took the roof down. Because yeah. he just gets flung out the window like a freaking um, kung fu film. Like it's just so insane. Yeah. I, I oh, love it, was, it, it so was, much. It, it was great. And, and the um, story that kid was writing. Oh my god, the the yeah. Jew eggs and all this stuff. Like oh my god, what the fuck? And yeah. I love that the Gestapo were the Keystone cops. Like yeah. they're just complete morons. Oh, and who is who's that? That guy's that Stephen Merchant, I think it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's I right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and then yeah. So that weekend, we, we then that weekend, I saw um, I saw Hunt for the Wilder. I just went through as much Taika Waititi oh, as I could. I watched Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a very charming little movie. 
it, and that's I think everything he makes is just so charming. Yeah. <laughs> And um and then uh, and then we watched uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> My favorite. I, I love Thor Ragnarok, but I don't know I, what we do in the shadows is. The problem is none of you do the bloody dishes. <laughs> Have you seen the show? What we do? In no, the I've heard it. It's queued oh, up, yeah. and I just haven't watched it yet. I love. Oh yeah. I love the. He's spe- you, sorry, Wednesdays won't work. That's when he's <laughs> in the other room doing his dark fitting. And he's yeah. on eBay in the dark. Yeah. He's buying a table. And I love that the guy <laughs> in the basement is just Nosferatu. Yes, exactly. Nosferatu. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should watch the show though. I think the show's I think the show's a little better than the movie. That's awesome. It just mm. the movie just blew me away because one, yeah. it, it's just really damn funny. Mm-hmm. And two, it like it obviously was made on the cheap and they were so creative with their effects and it's something that doesn't even need effects and yet it has them and they're so clever. Yeah. And, and I really hope, I I know he ended up making the show so they might not make their sequel, but he wanted to make a sequel called we are wolves. And I just want that to happen (laughs) so bad. (laughs) Remember we are werewolves, not werewolves. (laughs) Oh, the, you should definitely check out the show, though. The show is um, the show is the show is. Uh, I guess I guess the showrunner is the is the was the co-director of of the movie. Are we doing the awesome. shadows? Awesome. Uh, I think his name is Jermaine Clement. So the the the, yeah. the flight of the Concords guy. Yes. Like and the third the third creator of Flight of the Concords. It's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that that is yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, and the I just yeah, so that that weekend I just went through a. Three, a three film binge of of uh, Taika Waititi's uh, filmography. Uh, I, I oh yeah, so Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People, I guess, also answered the question: uh, How did Sam Neill end up with a cameo in Thor Ragnarok? Yep, and uh, that's that. <laughs> and oh, then the yeah, and then the uh, and then the, uh, the 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 welfare worker and and uh, Wilder People was also in. In Thor Ragnarok, who was also also has some of the uh, funniest lines in in, uh, in, you, uh, in Thor Ragnarok. No, do you know that Taika has used, I believe, the same cinematographer for every film he's made. Really, and um, and it's his friend. It's just a guy from New Zealand, hmm. um, and that friend created the effect. It's an all in camera effect to do the um, oh, what's her name actress um uh, the drunk um who ends up being the king the queen of uh oh um asgard yeah valkyrie Valkyrie? the Mm -hmm. you know the like valkyrie flying down on the horse thing yeah the the lighting and slow-mo even though the the horse and everything is digital effect it's done matrix style it's an in-camera effect and Mm -hmm. the guy created that for the movie oh interesting the same thing i'm going back to ringan johnson Rian mm-hmm. Johnson's buddy, who has filmed all of his movies starting with Brick, got to be the cinematographer for The Last Jedi. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> awesome that these guys bring, like, no, I have a cinematographer already. Like, screw <laughs> you guys. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're done. Oh, and I like I like this whole, we're, we're, you know, because people are originally, when they started scooping up, 
like low budget genre directors to do stuff. It didn't always work. People would go like 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 Josh Trank, for example. Chronicle, I love that movie. Oh, I love but, I love Chronicle. You know, but yeah, but they, they scoop this guy up and try to force him to do what they want. And it's like, no, I'm 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 kind of off kilter. I want to do my own thing, and it just became a cluster. But um, I guess his Capone movie is really good from what people have said, but but I haven't seen it yet. But um, uh. You know, back to Spider-Man, you know, they, they bring up Sam Raimi to make a superhero movie. And it's like, I like that he he kind of started that trend of I'm taking care of my buddies. Like Bruce Campbell always shows up as a cameo yep. in there. Um, yep. He uses a lot of the same people that worked on his old movies. I mean, Peter Jackson saved Weta from bankruptcy by making The Lord of the Rings. Oh. I don't know if you knew that, but the movie The Frighteners with mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox, which was mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's bug nuts weird horror movie that he made after heavenly creatures because mm-hmm. heavenly creatures got him the gig for lord of the rings and then they said well we you know we were gonna have ilm do it it's gonna cost this much and he goes my guys can do it for half the price of ilm mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. said well, okay well what can your guys do and he said well um let me make a movie and so he made the frighteners to show off weta's ability to do digital effects and got them to invest in weta for the lord of the rings and saved the company and now weta is like the other name in high quality digital effects to ilm and and it's lord of the rings that saved them oh that's interesting that's very yeah, interesting. It, it was just his friends it was like two guys <laughs> were, were weta before lord of the rings <laughs> happened like it's just so bonkers right <laughs> and, and and i like that you know you hear about you know I made a movie and Sam Neill and these other people are here. So I'm going to make sure they show up in this other movie I'm making. it's like, that's, that's really cool. I can, that's kind of, isn't that kind of, uh, Adam Sandler's MO these days? Yes. Adam Sandler makes movies to do nothing else, but keep his, um, aging friends employed. And you know what? As much as I don't like those movies, I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although I did see, I just, I, we did just see uncut gems and, <laughs> Wow, what a what a movie that! Yeah, he, what a ballsy role to freaking take! Oh, I know, I I know. (laughs) Like, because I was like, okay, it's probably stunt casting. Cool, it's Adam Sandler showing up for an obvious Oscar turn movie, and I watched it and went, dude, like, what? And you can tell he just knows that guy, right? Like, it's it's not that is an entirely, you know. Adam Sandler seems like he's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, and and I've heard that he was a bit of a dick when he was a kid. He grew up in New Hampshire. Like everyone kind of knew him, but mm-hmm. um, he seems like he like takes care of people and he's a nice guy and all this, but like, I've never liked any of his characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that I haven't liked his movies. Like I think happy Gilmore is a great movie and I like, and I like happy Gilmore because happy Gilmore just seems like it's him being him. Yeah. But like, Little Nicky is a movie I love, and I hate Nicky. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Water Boy is a movie that I, I really enjoyed, but The Water Boy is an incredibly offensive and awful character, and I hope he yeah. never does that again. Yeah. You know, but um, the Uncut Gems guy, like that is a fully fleshed out genius piece of ar- acting and character development that he does with that guy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't um, know, have you ever seen Rain Over Me? Uh, no, I have not. So, do do you want to see Rain Over Me, or do you want to hear about Rain Over Me? 
You can tell me that Rain Over Me. Uh, I so Rain Over Me, Rain Over Me came out where there was a whole bunch of like post nine eleven like people's brains being broken in New oh, York. Oh no, wait, I have seen this movie because it has it has uh, I forgot I forgot the name of the movie, but yeah, this is the one with Don Cheadle, right? Don Cheadle. Yeah, where 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 he like takes in this like like crazy guy who like you is is a rich guy and just needs a friend, yeah. and it turns out that like he was like a brilliant investment broker or something or lawyer and his wife and kids died on 9-11 and it broke him and it's just like that movie was incredible and i'm sitting there going how is this adam sandler like how how does he play this role and he nailed it like i loved that movie that movie ended up on my radar because it has shadow of the colossus in it yes oh yeah yep sorry no wait fighting the colossus what's that Sorry, wait, fighting the Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, look at the Colossus thing. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that, that movie got on my radar because of that, of that game, which uh, I, think it's, I think it's my favorite game, actually. Just throw that out there. Um, Me too. Here's a, here's a little bit of trivia. Uh, on, uh, when, 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 when Bob got back to The Escapist and he did a Q&A episode for the relaunch of The Big Picture, I was the one that posted the question about uh, Kaiju games and Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Bob says he wasn't sure if Shadow of the Colossus was a Kaiju game. Uh, really? Yeah. I said, what? cause I, cause I said like, I said like, Hey, what's your favorite Kaiju game? I'll bet it's rampage. Mine is Shadow of the Colossus. And then Bob's response was, uh, rampage is my favorite Kaiju game, but I'm not sure if Colossus is a Kaiju game. Oh, so. I'd fight! I'd fight him on that. Maybe it's maybe it's because most kaiju stuff doesn't have a fantasy element, or yeah, like a medieval not. fantasy element. Maybe that's where his brain is is driving. That maybe because then that would say that like the Zelda games with big bosses are kaiju games. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, I uh, just uh, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. But yeah, that was me. That was me asking that question. <laughs> That's awesome. That was. Let, let, let me tell you, I've I've said that on this show before, but mm-hmm. you know, for 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 those out there that um are awful human beings, mm-hmm. um who uh, feel like you know it's so much fun to drag my brother through through the weeds, mm-hmm. um, let me tell you that that the whole escapist debacle mm-hmm. <laughs> was was a rough time. And, um, I, Ugh, I, yeah. I did not like, yeah, there, there were, that was a hard thing to, as, as a family member of his to go through. Cause there was not, it, it, it a lot of water under the bridge, but yes. you know, he seems to be a, uh, a fly, uh, a fly swatter trap, you know, one of those like electric fly swatters of just, <laughs> just dr- getting attracting the most awful pieces of fandoms and yeah. the internet and and you know he, he's he's talked about it before he ended up on a movie review show where the guy was a crazy religious zealot and he didn't know <laughs> oh and, my god um, i remember that did you story. hear about this uh, yeah. was that yeah. and then he, 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 wore, the, he, he refused yeah. to give a good review to the passion of the christ and the oh guy like God. showed up with a gun and thought Bob was the devil. And it mm-hmm. was, it was just, and this is not made up. This happened. Like th- yes. this is, uh, Oh my God. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know whether to laugh or just be horrified as I listened to that story. Oh, it was just terrible. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I will say one thing about the, uh, about the escapist. Uh, 
I found my way there in like, you know, the early 2010s from, you know, Yahtzee's reviews. Yep. And holy shit, he's still doing reviews. It's almost yep. 10 years later. And, and um, he moved to America and my brother has pictures hanging out with him. And that, that I still that, geek out to that till the end of fucking time. That <laughs> is fantastic. Well, I will say, I will say the escapist. And this is like, I mean, obviously like all the stuff from the background, like you, you guys were dealing with that differently than what I guess the fans, I guess viewer visitors to the site were, you know, kind of dealing with, but, um, I love that site in the early 2010s. My, I would sit with my friends uh, at work. We would watch the videos on our lunch breaks and man, what, what a lineup that the escapist had. Oh no, back uh, then. Dude, absolutely. And, and I yeah, was, mo- I think you had like, yeah, Mondays, I think, uh, Mondays was like Jim Sterling. And I think Lisa Foyles had her show yep. on Mondays and then Tuesdays was, was big picture with, with, with Bob. And then Wednesday was Yahtzee and Thursday was extra credits. And then Friday was, um, escape to the movies. Yep. And I just, what well, every day, every day, it's just something great on that site every day. And that's not even getting into the columns and stuff that, uh, you know, I think Yahtzee had a column and your brother had a column and, um, and it was just, so and then, wild. And then like, and then just everyone, everyone just left. Like uh, some people, I know extra credits had a, had a, a dust up with them over like, the excess money and their artists like Kickstarter for her arm surgery. And then, yep. and then I, I Jim Sterling left. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened there. He hasn't really, I don't think he's spoken publicly about it. I think he just left. Uh, and then, uh, and then for a while it was just Yahtzee and Bob. And then Bob left after the whole Gamergate thing. Oh yeah. And then, uh, and that was just like, it was really, it was really sad to see, uh, to see, uh, you know, I still follow, I still follow those guys on their own, on their own platforms now. But uh, but man, like what a what a dynamite lineup Escapist had uh, early 2010s. It was wonderful to see it come back to the yeah that, I was, had been, that had been going on in the background for so long. Yeah, and... I um I uh, I like I was like I almost like fell out of my chair when I saw that like uh, Bob was going back to um <laughs> to do the big picture, and uh, I was he like, wow. just he just recently. Mm-hmm. After all of this, mm-hmm. got the rights to everything he made for them back. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Which is well, well deserved too. Amazing. I, I, would, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come back if I could, if I wouldn't have been able to guarantee that, you know, guarantee that. Yeah, the rights that the rights that stuff back. It, it's one of those things, right? You just you don't you don't know who your who your end boss is, mm-hmm. you know. And and I know that there's you know I'll never know the, the full story because i wasn't there but you know right. from what it's from what mm-hmm. it sounds like there was just a management shift and the, the person at the top was uh you know supported some things that were very much um things that everyone working on the side at the time were against and he started to become very vocal about those things mm-hmm. and it and it drove everybody away it it's it's a huge bummer mm-hmm. um but yeah no I, I've always been so proud of Bob and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was wild. Cause I was in college when Yahtzee became my, my brother pointed me to Yahtzee. And then it turned out everyone I went to college with listened to Yahtzee and mm. Bob, a fan of my brothers put <laughs> hit, put the game overthinker up for screw attack mm-hmm. for, a, mm-hmm. for a contest. And Bob didn't find out about it till he was leading the contest. <laughs> oh, really? He's like, Holy shit. Apparently I'm yeah. And then that, that got him the gig on screw attack. And then mm-hmm. the escapist approached him mm-hmm. and they're like, well, he's like, well, I'm already doing this game thing for screw attack, but they're mm-hmm. like, well, we need a movie guy. And so it just, mm-hmm. it, 
it was like bottled lightning, right? Like he hit it at the ground level of that mm-hmm. becoming a marketable job. And I mean, God, cause, cause he, he had lost his job at Best Buy mm-hmm. um, and just started making videos. That's where the game over thinker came from. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love watching. I mean, after, cause I think I found out I was, I was, I would, I, I I was watching Yahtzee stuff and then, uh, and then I saw this extra credits show. It popped up and then I, and then like, I don't know, like four or five episodes into extra credits. They said like, Hey, go watch, uh, go watch the big picture of movie Bob and the game Overthinker. They're great. And then I was like, Oh, I'll do that. And then I found, I found those shows, which I loved. And, uh, yeah, I mean like just such a, such a talented lineup back then. I mean, they must've just, they must've just been scooping guys up off YouTube who had good shows. And, uh, and that was back before, like, YouTube was YouTube. I mean, that was, like, now, like, that was before I think YouTuber was a, was a word. Right. You were just, that, like. That was, that was the, the very beginning levels of it. Yeah. Different time. Like, 10 years ago, oh, yeah. it seemed. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's crazy late. And, obviously, we could go on forever. So, I'm going to uh, say yes. right now that I would love to have you back on as soon as you're able. Because I yeah, think. definitely. We could talk about a lot, but I, I wanted to thank you um, for coming on and give you a chance. If there's anything of yours or anything important you want to tell the world or pitch or whatever, n- now's your opportunity, sir. Oh, uh, let's see. I uh, I have a small Etsy shop where I sell cross stitch pa- um, patterns for cross stitching. It's uh, really it's an, it's an yes. <laughs> it's That's an awesome. Yeah. No. I, uh, at, first, at first, with the way you were talking, I'm like, "Is this going to be a joke?" It's like where I sell oh, no. cross stitch, cross cross stitch patterns of like Carol Baskin and the Tiger King. You know, oh, or God, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no, that's no. awesome. That's super cool. No, they're mostly video game stuff. I I got some Pokemon patterns. I got like a Dark Souls pattern on there. I got a, I got um. Oh, I design I, and uh, anyone who played uh, Final Fantasy XI will recognize the the flags to the cities of that game on. On my site and a couple of maps as well. So you know, if you want to pick up a hobby during this pandemic, uh, cross stitching is not terribly expensive to get started. And yeah, so it's a uh, it's called Spry Stitches. S P R Y Stitches. Spry That's Stitches. Awesome. Please send me the link to um to this so I can uh, attach that to this when I publish it. All right. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm. Uh, I'm James, and uh, it was great to be here. Yes, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you for shooting the shit with Chippa, and uh, we'll see you guys all very soon. Bye. Bye. Good night.